Hey guys, I'm Nick. And I'm Eugene. And welcome to Paper Cut. This is our podcast where we talk about books that we've read and what we thought of them. We discuss the ideas in them and the themes they cover. We're not book reviewers, but we will let you know whether or not we'd recommend them. Now, without further ado, for our very first episode, we will be talking about Tuesdays with Maury by Mitch Albom. So I read this book a few years back and my memory isn't that great. But Eugene, you've read it a bit more recently. Do you think you can give us a quick overview of the book? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Nick. So basically, Tuesdays with Maury, for those of you who are not aware, it's a memoir about Mish's professor Maury, and hence the title. Now, the premise of the story is that Maury finds out that he has ALS. So they spent most of his last days together discussing life and Mish's philosophy and outlook into how we should view different parts of life and the attitudes that we should have. All right, then. Very, very quick, then. Thoughts on the book. Initially, my thought is, whoa, <laughs> as usual. But I would say that the book actually does have a certain ring to me. I think I can speak for everyone when I say that we all learned something from this book. There are different values that are being taught in this book. So we can go into that a bit more later. But overall view, I feel like this book is a recommended read for those of you who feel like um, they're a bit lost in life. Yeah, it's, it's interesting in general, I'd say. Right. I remember reading this one a few years back and I agree. It is a classic Mitch Album book in that it's an easy read for me, at least. I think it's an easy read for most people. There are lessons in there, timeless, you know. At the end of the day, if you're looking for something really, really meaty, I'm not too sure if this one's for you. But if you want just quick lessons, just a quick reminder, quick pick-me-up, I would recommend this. Yeah. yeah. So I would recommend this for people who, like you said, probably need a bit of help. Yeah, right? exactly. And just Mish albums, Mish album books, I like that anyway. So there you go. Yeah, exactly. Few good books. It's like, were there any memorable scenes for, the, for you? Were there any scenes that took you aback or resonated with you? I wouldn't say there were any scenes in particular that pops into my head right now. More more so actually the imagery mm. of Maury being in his bed in his latest stages of ALS. So Mish says, I think somewhere with like in the later Tuesdays, he said that Maury's body has shrunk to the size of a boy. And that's just like, that image has somehow for some reason been engraved in my head. Mm. I think I think because it sort of shows the cruelty of life because ALS is not something that you choose to have or don't have if you have it then that's it like you're f- so in a way to imagine being in that state to me is horrifying and I feel I feel that was impactful to me because I also know what Maurice mental state was like at that time and it's completely opposite to his outside view so Mm. Maury actually didn't mind that and he said that he didn't stop well he didn't start living until he had ALS Mm. so while a lot of us might view might look at that and think 
oh my god they're so terrible I would never want to be like that I'm not sure maybe Maury would said some would have said something different and I think he did say like this disease has changed him into a changed man I think somewhere he said that if I was to be magically cured of this disease now would I go back to the man I was before and the answer is no because it has fundamentally changed him from the core mm. I think that sort of links into that idea where there is conflict isn't there like this disease ALS I mean it took uh, it's taken so many people from us it's conflict and it only builds you up as a character even if it probably tears you down Maury's attitude to this was really well was really strong what he did really and his attitude is shared with people who suffer things like terminal illnesses like cancer leukemia that sort of stuff so it's always nice seeing someone you know someone who has such tragic things happen to them and it's quite inspiring when you see them and they're just so positive about everything it's it's heroic in its own sense and i'm not going to take that away from them so for me i remember reading the book and there was a part in the book that really resonated with me i think it was week 13 tuesday number 13 or something like that and basically they were talking about their perfect days okay so if what is your perfect day essentially you know mitch was probably expecting him to fly off to barcelona somewhere or fly off to ibiza ayanapa whatever and have like a crazy time just downing nonstop but no it wasn't any of that his perfect day was him doing a bit of light exercise in the morning going for a walk in the park with his wife having a nice lunch with some friends you know reading some newspapers listening to the radio watching a bit of tv um in the afternoons he probably take his dog out for a walk or something like that and at night chill with his wife go to bed and when mitch first heard it when i first heard it i just thought it sounds really boring <laughs> and that's when it hit me and it's when it hit mitch as well but you know you you got it then then like this is this is this is everyday and you know what like normal is fine ordinary is fine in this sense in that sense it is a perfect day for Mori. Yeah, like to them ordinary. Like what what is ordinary to us is not ordinary to them. Cuz like I've heard this somewhere, I'm sure you've heard as well, like cancer patients only have one wish and that is to get healed. Mm. Right? And that's the same here as well, like Mori, you know, strong well, a, a professor uh previously taught like multiple classes in a college like multiple years. Mm. and now physically reduced to having to need having to have someone wipe his bottom for him i think at that stage we really chose a cheery book for our first episode <laughs> didn't we well yeah. that's the thing cuz physically it looks it looks it looks it looks gloomy right yeah. and that's the that's the idea of the book is if you just look at mori from the outside you would think that this book is sad it's about a person dying mm. but it's not it's about a person living it's about mori's life not mori's death right the purpose of this book mori was to teach us how to live on with mm. him and that actually kind of brings me to like the next point that i kind of want to share all right from the book as well cuz mori talks about i can't remember exactly which tuesday but he said like we live on through our memories and other people mm. and 
to some extent, I feel like this is true, right? Yeah. Because there are definitely people who influenced me and made me act a certain way. Mm. And in a sense, that is kind of like what he means by living on in other people. Yeah. Like, yeah. Because... You ever heard of the idea of the two deaths? Oh, yeah. I, I think it's like one death is you dying and the other death is no one remembers you anymore. Yeah, exactly. Like, so there's some names where they've just forgotten now. And I think, I think this actually persists in a few cultures. So I'm going to butcher this, but I think the Day of the Dead that Mexican people celebrate, I think they have something similar along those lines. Like the first death is very much you dying physically. But your second death is when your loved ones forget you. And so to prevent that, every year, I think on Deus de Mortes, I think it's called. Yeah. Watch how I butchered that. Watch how I get internet That's flame fine. We all that. watch Coco. We, we all, all watch Coco, exactly. We all know what you're talking about. Remember me. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great show, don't all right, get it. All right, all right, all right, all right, let's go. All right. And, and I think that, I don't think that's the first culture to propose that, but I think, I think there is something really special about that. And there are some names that I think will probably not die for a very long time. So you'll probably hear names like Caesar, like Napoleon, Marie Curie for ages to come. And then what about the rest of us, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you're safe, Nick. Isn't your last name shared by like half the people in the world? Oh, God, here we go. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. So my name is actually the most common surname in the world. But I mean, it is the most common name in the world, so... Yeah, it's a it's an easy Google, but okay, yeah, getting back getting to back, book, back to the book, <laughs> back to the back book. To the book. Oh, man, yeah. Uh, was there any other parts that you wanted to share with us, Eugene? I think, in general, in the book, there was something else. It was when Mitch kept bringing Maury food that he can't eat, even though I didn't get it then. When I sort of think about it now, it makes a lot of sense. To just do to do stuff that not necessarily because it makes sense, but because it's the way it's been done and it's what makes both parties comfortable, right? Yes, like so. Yeah, because Mori, because Mori doesn't want Mitch to feel bad, I think, and that's why I didn't tell Mitch that he can't eat it. And then Mitch thought Mori was eating it. And they actually did that for like, uh, I think like quite a lot of Tuesdays before they found out. Uh, even though it doesn't, doesn't, this doesn't really mean anything, I feel, um, in the story. To me, it just kind of, kind of, it just kind of shows what they had for each other. Like mm. what, what they, how they respected each other and how they had each other in mind. Just this little act of bringing in food, like... You would think it's unimportant, but to me, it, it it's one of like the key symbols of their relationship. Mm. It's like that packet of crisps, that that packet of frozen uh, frozen veg, or that that chicken that he brings in. That's that's Mitch still viewing Maury mm. as the healthy professor that he is, and Maury still viewing Mitch as the student that he is. Yeah. I mean, you you touched on sort of seemingly insignificant things that actually pay a huge impact. And for some reason, the first thing that came into my mind was 
up you know the pixar movie yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so like there's a scene in there where russell the one of the little characters he goes oh you know i'm trying to remember my dad but all i really remember is just going to the ice getting some ice cream and counting the cars as they pass by the blue cars and the red cars and seeing who gets more cars at the end of the day it doesn't seem like much but it really meant a lot something along those lines basically and it's it's kind of true though because when i look back into my younger self things from my life i automatically think you know there was there was i think the small things like wednesdays would be like mcdonald's day or something like that i think oh yeah i used to sit in the front seat put my little seat belt on i, I don't know why these are just memories that stuck with me and they're insignificant in the scheme of everything like I remember, like, at one point, I was so small, the seatbelt used to choke me and everything. Oh, I, I, you know, that's, that's the, the worst. That's the worst. That's the worst, right? Uh, but... I hate seatbelts so much when I was a <laughs> So, yeah, you know, that scene with him talking about things with his dad and we're trying to remember about points from his past, like, seemingly insignificant things. They actually, for some reason, you might actually remember them more. And there are a few theories about this. Some say that, you remember really significant events in your life more. Some say that you only remember really embarrassing moments. So, you know, like before you go to bed and you remember something embarrassing that you did when you were probably five years old and you just go, oh, why did I do that? And <laughs> you realize- time. Every time. And you realize you're like 20 <laughs> years old already or something like that at this point. So everyone's probably gone over it, but apart from you, no. Now in your mind, it's like everyone remembers. Yeah, no, exactly, that. exactly. But no one probably remembers. It's not even your parents. They probably, they probably yeah. didn't even notice it at the time. <laughs> if I'm honest, like I, I, I don't know, and I guess, I guess, okay, I guess that links into the idea of forgiveness. You know, exactly, exactly. Like, so forgiveness was another, was like a big thing. I feel like one of the key messages in this book. You gotta forgive yourself. You know, you gotta forgive yourself for what you did, mm. and only. Uh, I think the exact quote he said or the exact idea is that you got to forgive yourself before you forgive other people. That is cheese. That is that really is, cheese. Well, that is really cheese, but sometimes cheese is cheese because it has a certain element of truth to it. That's true. But uh, here's the thing. Have you ever realized that for any saying in the world, if you just take two opposites and then you just kind of place them in the sentence together, they somehow form a famous quote. For of example, course. for example, right? In order to succeed, you must first learn failure. In order to go fast, you must first go slow. No, I agree. <laughs> there you go. In like... order to be good, you must first be bad. <gasps> what? Ooh. Revolutionary right there. Like Bernie Sanders, here we go. Oh, oh, oh here we go. First cut episode, out, out. first episode in, and the politics is already there. But cheese aside, forgiveness is definitely a. I feel like a very big thing for me. Okay, okay. Here, here's one for you. Okay, so this actually happened to a woman. So she is a survivor. She's a Holocaust survivor. Okay, and. For the longest time, I think she was, you know, understandably bearing a bit of resent. Uh, sorry, a bit is an understatement. A lot of resentment towards the Nazis because when she was in those concentration camps, she was seeing her friends die every day, being worked to death. Just the worst things imaginable were happening to her. And for quite a long time, she, you know, wasn't able to forgive the Nazis when it all ended. And like, I don't blame her. Do you think 
you could. And uh, I'll say what happens at the end. In the end, she said, I decided to forgive the Nazis, not because they deserve it, because, but because I deserve it. So I guess in that sense, like just holding that sort of resentment is baggage. And to live the good life, you just got to let this stuff go, you know? Yeah. Holding a grudge is exhausting. Holding a grudge is exhausting, I'm telling you. It really is, yeah. but at the same time, like, have you ever heard of those people who say that, you know, you should use people that you don't like as sort of a source, sort of a source of energy to get what you want? So not not abusing anyone, but you know, you keep them at the back of your mind. And these are people who who have doubted you, who say that you can't do this, you can't do that. I think so. I guess it's also it's it's hard to do. Imagine that yeah. though. Like I think it's easy. It's definitely a lot easier to say than to do. Exactly. And I think definitely for Maury's case as well, because his idea was, um, why don't you forgive them earlier if you're gonna forgive them anyway? Yeah, that's true. Which I think, yeah, it's true to some extent. But what if not forgiving someone, as you said, it drives me to do better things, and then at the end, I go, I forgive them because of that exact thing that I've achieved due to my hatred for them. Mm. That's one way of looking at it. Is I it? Guess. Is it sort of like a? Like it's gonna happen anyway. You might as well do it. Like, but then when you do it, you sort of lose the value of it because you're doing it for the sake of doing it. I feel like we've reached five levels of inception <laughs> here. All right, you, you you had me, and then you lost me. But I think you got me back with that last one. I said, you know what I mean? It's like it's like it's like me saying, "Yo, boss, you gotta pay me anyway. So why don't you just do it now?" <laughs> And we're done with, right? <laughs> right? Eugene, twenty twenty. This, this is how we. This is how we. This is how we reshape society. <laughs> Workers first. Universal basic income. Workers union. Yeah, one thousand for everyone. Right. I, I, whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Whoa! Cut that whoa. bit out. <laughs> oh man, I, I'm keeping this in anyway. So I guess your view on forgiveness is. Actually, I don't think I understood your view. Can you like sort of? Uh, I think forgiveness is one of those things that takes time, and I think I've heard interesting things about it. But I think one of the main things is it takes time to actually forgive someone because it's quite easy once the thing is done just to say, "Oh, I forgive you for it." It's quite easy to say that, and like you said, you know, it's easier said than done. So there are many times like people either someone's wronged me or I've done something I found really stupid and. That factor of time, I think, really makes the difference. In fact, I remember reading another book about something similar. It was about sleep, actually, and one of the things it mentioned was that one of the reasons we sleep is to forget. Believe it or not. Well, sorry. Yeah, one of the reasons we dream. Sorry, one of the reasons we sleep and dream is to forget. And I don't want to go into too much detail, but they took these trauma patients. Okay, so people who came back from war suffered. PTSD and they were failing to go to sleep, and so they measured their brain activity for a bit, and of course, a lot of therapy as well. And after that, they did something to them to make them sleep easier at night. And what they found was that the symptoms they were exhibiting were improving. I'm not sure if they were given the specific chemical or if they were actually given better sleep. But what they found was, when given this chemical associated with forgetting certain memories, they found that the sim the symptoms they experienced for PTSD decreased. So, 
in that sense, like there is some idea and some thought being put into it. This is still very early stages of the experimenting. Yeah. I think like I'm not too sure if it's gone anywhere as of yet. The book was written probably released about three years ago, but it's interesting research and it just backs up the point that like it's easy to say you forgive someone, it's harder to forgive and forget. Yeah, you know? I agree. I agree. But yeah, we chose a a heavy book for the start with. I'm a sorry. heavy book, yeah. I sorry, an interesting one to start with. But I think in terms of ideas, like there's a lot to ping off. No, that's true. That's true. Um. I think maybe I think just forgiveness and the immortality is probably the biggest well the biggest idea uh, I took away from the book so all right all right before we sort of wrap this up like are there any quotes that you really like and that you'd like to share with us so actually I try to go through each Tuesday and see if there's like a quote mm. every day that I feel sums up that day's lesson so a few of them that I have underlined. Uh, Second Tuesday, is, he says, I don't allow myself to feel, to feel any more self-pity than basically a, a little tears each morning and that's it. Now, um, that to me is, is a very get real quote. Mm. It's a very get real quote. Because you can cry about yourself all you want, but if you don't act on it, you're not going to improve anything. So... The idea here is not to not feel sorry for yourself, but rather to do something about it. Because it's not healthy for both you and the others around you to just keep on living through a cycle of self-pitying. Mm. And it's not even, like, after a point, it's not even just yourself anymore. Because negative emotions affect other people. Like, I know this because I've been that guy and I, I've also been slash am being the guy who gets influenced by negative emotions. So I can tell you that it helps a lot for yourself and other people and just the society in general. To just limit yourself, you know, self-pity time. Mm. Just a couple of tears per day and then just, just go and figure out a plan. Yeah. Figure out a plan to improve yourself. Like the plan could be to like, to do it all by yourself or it could be for those of you who need it therapy it doesn't matter what it is as long as like it's a progressive plan it yields results yeah. i'm not sure progressive is like the right word to use but like as, as long as something that can show results yeah 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 no, i think that's a very important point to make like little baby steps every day you know you always see like movies where you know the guy takes a massive step or like the hero saves the world somehow, and then that's all that. But then in real life, it's like, no, it's not how yeah. it works. I mean, film's only two hours, and people somehow think they can change their lives in two hours. Are you telling me a Rocky montage won't get me fit? <laughs> you can try if you want, but I can tell you you're not going to get a Rocky body in two hours. Well, challenge accepted. Oh, it's gone, then. <laughs> um, there's a quote in the book that I thought was quite interesting and I thought it sort of related to other ideas as well and it, it goes like this you know death ends a life not a relationship and yes it ties into that idea of you know what we said just now you living on in people's memories even after you're gone but I don't know when I first read this I thought of you know suicide actually as in what mm. it meant so people always think your problems go away once you're out of the equation but you realize that's not true you've 
basically compounded the problem for other people as well like i don't want to of course i don't i'm very fortunate in my life that i don't know many people who've but i, I wasn't close to many people who've you know personally well committed suicide i'm very fortunate that way mm-hmm. yeah. yeah dark topic yes but i can imagine i've read stories and i can imagine people who've gone through this who had loved ones remove themselves for example off themselves and i've seen the toll it takes on them totally it, totally it's it's terrifying so you know it's something to think about even when you're gone like the, the problem doesn't go away it's just that you're gone if anything your problem has spread to other people and worse your absence has caused a negative sum for them that's awful if anything yeah definitely a lot of suicides are very sort of um emotional like instantaneous decisions yeah but i guess people would say that you know you don't know what they're going through but that's another topic that's another topic for another day like i think we've talked more than enough for today and I'm sure the listeners on the other end, <laughs> like they want to, they probably, well, want to get on with their day. I think for me, a more upbeat interpretation of this quote, uh, mm-hmm. which is my interpretation anyway, is kind. it kind of links into the epilogue. Mm. So Mitch keeps going on to Maury's grave mm-hmm. every Tuesday and he talks. There you he go. talks to Maury. There you go. And that's, that's what it means. Just a relationship in the purest form. Just that just because someone dies doesn't mean their ideas can't be carried on. Doesn't mean like the idea of them still being there to look look after you or to give you advice mm. doesn't mean that it's doesn't mean that it's gone. Because that links well, they kind of live in through you, right? Yeah. So yeah, you can ask that part of you, which is them, for help. There you go. Yeah. There you go. I guess I get okay. I think that's a good place to end it. All right for this for this little discussion. Now, all right with you? Yeah, perfect. All right then. So that was paper cut by Nick and Eugene. If you enjoyed this, join us next week where we're going to talk about another book. Until then, peace out. Peace out. See you guys. <laughs>